0: Welcome to Hospitality Meets with me, Phil Street, where we take a light-hearted look into the stories and individuals that make up the wonderful world of hospitality. Today's guest is Gilles Perrin, executive chef at the spectacular Ritz Carlton Osaka in Japan. Coming up on today's show, Gilles gives us a crash course on how to get the ordering right at Atlantis, the Palm. You just add one or
1: two zero in front of whatever you have done in the past.
0: Phil reveals his true colours. Underneath the skin of this recruiter is a, is a hotel geek. Angel talks of a dark, dark time. Imagine
1: you would have to do that in, in
0: 20 years ago when you only have a Nokia, right? All that and so much more as Gilles talks us through his story and journey to date, as well as some amazing content on kitchen leadership. In addition, don't forget to get yourselves behind Hospitality Aid 2020, a Live Aid-style virtual concert packed with performing talent from the hospitality industry and raising valuable funds for hospitality action. Get that calendar marked, August 31st, 4pm, British summertime. Head over to experience101.co.uk for more information. Don't forget to give us a like and a share so we can share those stories. Enjoy! Welcome to Hospitality Meets with me, Phil Street. Today we crossed the seas to have a chat with a, a real powerhouse in the international hotel food scene and currently executive chef at the Ritz Carlton Osaka in Japan. Welcome to Gilles Perrin. Thank you very much, Phil.
1: Very warm welcome and thank you for having me today on the Hospitality Meets. You're very, very welcome. How are you doing? Well, great. Uh, just finished a day of homeschooling, uh, as you can imagine. Wonderful, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's lots, of, lots lots, lots, happening in our world, so lots to discuss today. Great,
0: yeah. Well, uh, before we kind of get into stuck into your journey, maybe you could just give us a, a, a kind of overview of your property, I suppose, under normal conditions and what you're doing through the, the lockdown. Yeah, okay, so as you mentioned, I'm Gilles, I'm the executive chef of the
1: Ritz-Carlton Osaka since uh, September last year. So it's a 298 rooms uh, property, uh, six F&B outlets, two of them are Michelin star outlet, uh, three floor of banqueting. we do on an average 450 weddings per year. Uh, so you can imagine wow. quite, quite quite a few weddings, especially on weekends. Uh, it's really a back-to-back uh, wedding, but a massive operation. It's the biggest uh, F&B banquet uh, catering operation for Asia Pacific, for Marriott International, and lots of fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How big is your team there? So I have 148 chefs, out of which... I have five uh, expats and all the rest are Japanese. Uh, I've got a French restaurant, which is a Michelin star with a French chef. I've got a Chinese restaurant with a Chinese chef, which we aim to get a Michelin star, obviously this year, but it's going to be probably next. And then we have a Japanese restaurant, which one of the area, which is a tempura was a Michelin star as well. And I've got an Italian restaurant with an Italian chef, and then a lobby lounge, of course, gourmet shop, and the wedding and catering uh, facilities.
0: And how have you reapportioned your your business through through the lockdown? Uh, well, it's been it's been a,
1: a pretty interesting uh, journey on on our lockdown because. Japan took some time before before actually going into lockdown. And we have seen everybody closing, shutting down. And up to end of March, we were still doing extremely good business. And end of March, basically, the government decided to, to go on the a, on a lockdown. Not the same way as uh, Europe or US is going through. Just for uh, uh, political reason, that you can't force people to be to stay at home, but you can basically suggest. So the hotel is officially shut down. Not offi- not shut down, but we have closed down our door for outside guests. We just kept our uh, long stay guests, which was about twenty twenty five guests, and then we, as as a lot of people, we have started to do takeaway. And the business has been amazing. So that's uh, that was <laughs> that was a fun thing to do, you know. As I as I as I mentioned few few people, it's uh, when I re- when I joined uh, an, uh, nine months ago. Uh, of course, we were not doing takeaway, and then it was not that was not at all the idea to do takeaway. It's not the brand. It's not associated to who we are. And now we are extremely happy and positive that we are doing Takeaway. And and actually the response from the guests are awesome. And uh, yeah, been a lot of, uh, a long journey just for, you know, launching the Takeaway and then put it on social media. But now we we really, we,
0: we actually rocking every single day. So it's great. That's great. Are yeah. you doing that uh, across all of the uh, the outlets?
1: No, we we because b- basically we just kept one outlet open, uh, our Italian restaurant, which is also our all day dining. It's called Splendido, and okay. uh, we started with that, uh, with this restaurant to do takeaway. We have added, uh, and all the rest, all the other outlets are actually shut down completely. So we're not we're not getting any. Uh, Chef just to cook uh, dishes from their restaurant. However, now that we're gonna start slowly reopening our outlet, actually today uh, we have we have reopened the French restaurant. We're reopening as we heard this new way, this new name is the new norm or the new way of doing business, right? Uh, I didn't
0: realize so, that, was a, that was a global thing. I thought that was just in the UK. No, 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 no. It's everybody
1: yeah. is using the same, you know. It's the social distance and the new norm and, the, yeah. you know, those those funny funny words that, that are coming into our vocabulary. And so basically, we we reducing our sitting capacity by approximately 40%. So, you know, you have to find a way to get that that loss of revenue, somewhere else. So yeah. for our French restaurant, we're starting uh, as of next week. Uh, basically, it's called Labbe at Home, where you can, uh, you can book, order, a full uh, five-course Michelin fr- uh, French dinner or lunch. Uh, everything is ready. Everything is packed. And then you have a, a menu with a QR code. And then the chef is explaining how to finish the dish. So you download the QR code and then uh, with your mobile phone, you can see the chef explaining you how to finish the dish, how to dress uh, the plate. Obviously, we want people to express themselves, but it's, you know, it's a small gimmick. Yep. And we hope that a lot of people you know, tag us and then share this to the world. Because that's how that's, that's,
0: that's, that's brilliant. Are, are you delivering to the UK? <laughs> uh, no,
1: <laughs> actually we don't we don't we don't deliver. People pick up. Ah, okay. Uh, we don't. Right. Uh, it's just that we we didn't have the license. It was a bit complicated, but the same. Uh, you know, uh, people just drop by. Uh, we know what time they are coming. They don't have to get out of the car. We just wait for for them at the port portcocher, and then they just pick up the the, the delivery so very simple easy you know online payment as well so you know the world the world yeah. is easy nowadays
0: yeah well i mean there's a lot of good stuff has come out uh, on the back of this mainly because we have the tech to to yes. be able to do these yeah. things now um, no, no, for sure like i like i told
1: my kids i say imagine you will have to do that in in 20 years ago when you only have a nokia right our, our how yeah. life, life would have been difficult yeah.
0: with the snakes game. <laughs> yeah, my words. Yeah. Great. Okay. Well let's let's go all the way back to the, the beginning of your career. How did you get into the industry in the first place?
1: Uh so the journey, the long journey. Um how can I where where should I start? As young as I was, the the table and the meal has always been something uh, important for the family, for my family, my grandparents, my parents. And, and the Sunday meal has always been something, whether it was with yep. fr- friends of my parents, with the entire family. But there was something, there was always something happening on Sunday. And on the back of my mind there was always joy there was always fun there was always laugh and you know, sometimes tears of course but most of the time was laughing and you know i i, I realize how our food is important to us as human beings you know growing up uh, at school not the best student ever i have to say <laughs> uh, <laughs> however however the food was always uh you know some somewhere in the back of my mind. Uh at once I wanted to be a cheesemonger and then didn't materialize. Then I wanted to work with wood to be eventually a carpenter, but then I realized that I was not good at all at that. And one day uh that my parents actually told me, Well you probably have to, you know, Shake a little bit and start to find your your path and start to find your way. And in Switzerland, where I come from, there's uh, the apprenticeship is very strong. Uh, that's one of the 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 good thing uh, in Switzerland is that even if you 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 don't go to uh, uh, high school or university with an apprenticeship, it's it's actually as strong as. Uh, what you what you could go through if you do a normal schools and every uh, shift, every job, uh, you you have the possibility to do an apprenticeship. So I went to every year there is like a, like a show, uh, like a mass show of you know everybody is presenting their their job and then I always take this example, but that for me the the exact example of. You know, at that time, I was a teenager. I wanted to go out of my house, of my parents' house. I wanted to live by myself. And I remember taking this little brochure, which, we're talk- which was talking about uh, chef life, basically. Right. And there was a there was a picture of a, of a young guy uh, with the window open and then having a coffee, and at that time, probably a cigarette, because at that time, we could advertise cigarettes. Uh yeah. <laughs> and then he was looking outside the the window the sun was shining and it was written uh, while your friends will be at school you will be out obviously on a split shift at that time i didn't realize what split shift was all about yeah. but the picture itself speaks to me and i say okay that's what i want to do and uh, and then uh, obviously okay i have to find a, i have to find a, space, a place for my apprenticeship and that's how it's all started so yeah the short short uh, short story of how it started, yeah, after uh, I think you know the the most the most important was to start somewhere and I did my apprenticeship in a hotel in Switzerland called Mirador, which was at that time was not was not yet kepinski, but now I think it's kepinski it's, in a, it's uh in uh, Montpellerin, which is north of Vevey. Uh, on the Lake, lake of Leman, not Geneva, but Lake of Le Mans. and I did my three years apprenticeship, and then during that time, obviously, you know, I start really like, uh, I really developing and liking my 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 job and what my choice actually, uh, and then the fun and then the, the that that I can have, also. During those three years, because we were a little bit up in the mountain, the, the, the hotel was closed for about two months in winter. And this is where I started to travel. So during those times, I crossed the entire Europe by train. Then I, the year after, I went to Bali. And then I did the entire island for a month with my bicycle. Wow. The year after, I went to Australia. I did the, go, the East Coast from, from Sydney to Cairns. Did my paddy at that time, and this is where I realize uh, actually with with the job that I'm doing, I can travel because I can find a yep. job everywhere. And then I say, of course, I can do that, but for this, I need to have the good, the, you know, the good background. I need to get the good, uh, the good knowledge, but I need to go to work with the best, so I can apply and I can grow and I can continue myself. So. I move after my apprenticeship. I move to south of France, uh, to Jacques Chibois, which at that time was a two Michelin star. He was at that, I was thinking 1998. Uh, he was just, uh, uh, named best chef of the year by Gaumio. Hard time, uh, a, a little Swiss in a French kitchen. So it, was not, it was, <laughs> was, was not the easiest but south of france you know i did some a, 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 a small season at that time switzerland was not that's the funny part of european country so at that time switzerland was not part of europe i needed to and there was no there was no schengen um, way of there, there was no way i could actually work without a visa so the only way I could go there was to pretty much work for free, uh, which I did. And uh, so the only I was the, I was just giving a room, so a small room, actually a share room uh, on top of the building of the restaurant, and uh, I was just getting the tips. And I remember one day, uh, actually. A few a few weeks before I left uh, the the restaurant, I had a chat with the chef, with Jacques Chibois and then he mentioned uh, so house things. I said, oh yeah, it was a bit difficult, obviously with not much money, uh, it was a bit difficult. But he told me one thing, which at that time I didn't really. Understood, but uh, now looking back, I see yeah, it's actually a good piece of advice. He told me, he said, "Yeah, salary is one thing, but he said the best salary is knowledge, and it's true. Whatever you learn is what what's today. As of today, I know that if I if I apply for a job and I can uh, talk about my the moment I start talking about my salary." I know why I'm asking that because I've got this this background nowadays. So yeah, after that I moved to I moved back to Switzerland and I work for Lausanne Palace. I was a commie, then chef de partie, uh, and there was a new chef there who arrived, Eric Redola, and then I work at the uh, gastronomic restaurant, which was at that which was a reopening basically. And uh, eight months down the line, we were awarded the first Michelin star for, for the restaurant, which was great. And after that, uh, I decided I'm, I'm enough uh, with Switzerland. I need to I need to go out. I need to start thinking of my travel. So I went to Zurich, which was not which was still in Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sometimes well, you got to you know, start somewhere, right? <laughs> exactly, but you know, sometimes not every time it works. But no, I, basically I wanted to find a place where he started to give me this exposure, so I could travel. And uh, there yep. was this chef called Edgar Bovier. Uh, at that time, he was in uh, Zurich, uh, uh, in Küsnacht, uh, Hotel Hermitage, which now is unfortunately closed down. But uh, it was he was or he is still one of the best uh, Swiss chefs, always on top of the game was a Michelin-star chef, 18-point uh, goemio. But there was a lot of people who went through his restaurant and then had their career also boost, basically. So right. not not because of the name, but because of what you learn. Very me- Mediterranean cuisine, focus on products, focus obviously on olive oil a lot, but also a great chef, a great spirit, great uh, great fun. In this restaurant, actually the godfather of my son which was which was my sous chef at that time is now the godfather of my son and i was 20 20 years ago so you can imagine how how this restaurant is important the people i met there are actually very important
0: i'm guessing that you you're all working really hard together and when you get that you you do form bonds that you can't you can't find anywhere else
1: no, no, no. You you spend hours in the kitchen, you spend days and nights. It's hard, it's tough, but then it's it's moment that you never forget and then this is what builds you. And then this is down the line you meet people which really Yeah, are important to you. I'm sure after we can talk about mentorship, but they are they are really key people uh which which drive you and develop you. Yeah. Yeah, so I did 18 months there. And then this is where, finally, I said, let's move out. <laughs> let's travel. Uh, yeah. So I went to Paris. Man, not, 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 yet, not yet the what? biggest
0: travel
1: <laughs> Trickling away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Slowly but surely. So you remember about Jacques Chibois, my story. So at that time, yeah. Swiss was not part of the European community. Now... 2001, Switzerland was part, no, actually, still not part of the European Community. However, we had the the Schengen, uh, how you say that? Visa. Yeah, Yeah, visa. So I could I could work in France under student visa, which was 12 months, and I could extend another six months. So that was 18 months. You take it or leave it. So I took it. Uh, (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) Uh, and this is where I have uh, worked for Alain Ducasse in Paris, under the guidance of Christophe Moret, and that was the restaurant Spoon. Uh, Spoon at that time, uh, so it was 2001, uh, at that time was the new concept of Paris, but also was very, very avant-gardist for uh, what's for europe i would say you move to asia what spoon was it was you know pretty much what asia is it's all sharing it's all in the middle of the table but it was it was also very much fun it was this i, I can't say f- fun dining but it was it was fun yeah. <laughs> you know it was fun to go to spoon but we still yeah. we still a level of of uh, of a michelin of a michelin restaurant even though Alain Ducasse didn't want to have a Michelin star for those spoons because they are not meant to be a Michelin restaurant, but the quality of the product we were receiving, quality of the cooking we were putting on the plate was just stunning. And then same thing, funny enough, I started on the 10th of September uh, 2001, so just a day before oh. September 11th. Yeah. So I remember exactly the day I, re- I started just because of that. Uh, You know, sometimes people say, oh, do you remember where you were on that day? I say, yes, I remember very well.
0: Yeah. That was one of those world events, though, that you you do remember where you are, right? I was was in Belgium. I used to work on cruise ships and we were in uh, Zeebrugge. So I'd taken a little uh, bus trip into Bruges. And was buying Belgian chocolates for my family because I was about to get off the ship but and then we were on that bus, and the um they were basically putting the the fact that that this is happening in in the u s over the tunnel yeah. at the time, and I always remember it just because it's such a well it's just such a devastating yeah there was there was some but, but it's
1: happened. the same of what's happening currently we will in ten years we will remember exactly where you know it's it's those. Is those events that, that marks you, right? Yeah, so same thing. 18 months, uh, obviously, because of visa. Uh, only, yeah. <laughs> only because of that. But 18 months in Paris, amazing experience. Really, really amazing. Amazing chef, uh, Christophe More. Obviously, Alain Ducasse was great. But also, uh, Christophe Moret as a, as a leader, as a chef, was just... That's probably one of the best chefs I've been working with. Not only for his knowledge, but also for his care. Uh, you know, he knew that we were all young chefs, not highly paid. So very often before the weekend, you know, because the restaurant was closed Saturday, Sunday. So very often before the weekend, anything uh, left over, he was handi- handing us to us. So on Saturday lunch, I could have a beautiful, nice tuna salad, you know, those, those products that you can't yeah. keep over the weekend. So, you know, those... Those are small details at at the time you, you have them. But now looking back, they are amazing things
0: that, yeah. Oh, you you remembered it all these years, right? Yeah, and I know why
1: this chef makes a difference. Not only because of his cooking and his talent, but also because of the human being, yeah. which is important nowadays. Then what happened after Paris? then I was supposed to go to so there was two possibilities whether I continue with Alain Ducasse and I moved to New York because he was opening uh, at that time Essex House or there was a possibility to move to Asia uh, and I was that would have been my first uh, Asian experience uh, that was for the Ritz Carlton Singapore so I started decided to go to Asia not to u s Started. the You're
0: great choices. as <laughs> yeah. that, uh, a young regret. man, <laughs>
1: I don't regret. Yeah, and uh, decided to uh, started to do all the interview, and then uh, so that was 2003, and then SARS happened in Asia. So everything stopped. Right. Obviously, I couldn't. I couldn't travel. I couldn't come at that time. So uh, turning around, the said, "Okay, why don't you go to London for the time being?" And then once uh, Asia opened up again, then uh, you go back to you go to Asia. So, OK, no problem. So I moved to London to Spoon. Uh, again, I continue with Spoon. Uh, that was Sanderson Hotel. I'm not sure if it's still operating, Sanderson Hotel.
0: Sanderson is, yes, but, but not Spoon. But not
1: Spoon, yeah, yeah. So that was just a transition. It was a lot of fun. What was interesting and what was uh, completely different to me is that we were not working on split shift, but we were working on straight shift. Okay. And then it was was either morning shift or evening shift, which was really new. So obviously, uh, pretty much two teams uh, working to uh, uh, together. Lots fun. Uh, a uh, lots of football player we could see on the long bar in Sun in in, uh, in Sanderson Hotel. Completely different uh, in term of concept. It was three times bigger in term of operation than Paris. Paris was really the showroom of Spoon. So it was really the high high hand. while London was really the was more the I would say the money making and then the the place to be that was I right. was pretty much at the same time when Nobu arrived as well uh, a few years after was Zuma but that was you know we, you were doing uh, five, 5 to 6 120 cover 6 to 6 to 720 and then end of the day you 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 crush on the uh, 800 cover or something like that because it was just non stop ah, yeah. so a complete different but that was a volume experience so it was interesting and then uh, I think after three months, uh, the chef of the Ritz-Carlton Singapore contacting me again, which was Christophe Megel, the chef there was the exec chef, which was an ex-Alain uh, Ducasse uh, chef. That's so, why there's quite a few of them yeah, yeah, around yeah, yeah. the world. Again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, small world, trust me. Yeah, uh, but big connection. So the, he, he contacted me again. So are you still willing to come? I say of course, and then. Finishing the interview process, uh, flew there for for, for a cook-off in twenty middle of October. Yeah, I, I, I finished early September in London, went back to Switzerland, told my parents I was going to Singapore, get married, not officially, but told everyone I'm going to get married as well, because my, at that time, fiance uh, was following me and he was... Uh, it was time for us to 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 grow as well and uh, and arrive in uh, Singapore uh, middle of October so pretty quickly and then Singapore was yeah so really moving to I would say standalone restaurant not really working in hotel not really speaking English even though I've learned English at at school even though my mom is an English teacher. You know the 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 culinary vocabulary is not is not is not something you you learn at school. Yeah. Uh, and then just the hotel itself, and then the business vocabulary. I mean, there's there's many things that you don't really realize, uh, which which you you think you know, but actually you you don't know. Uh, yeah, so, sure. So it took me quite some time, not only for for work, but also for for you know to adjust myself and to be frank also uh, christophe Megel which is a very good friend of christophe Moret, so both uh, my ex my chef of spoon really took me under his wing and really guide me and develop me the correct way he, he never 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 let me down whether i was up or down he was always behind me sometimes it was a bit tough uh but yep. was always 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 positive always positive just to grow me and groom me. Like he was always saying, oh, "I'm gonna groom you." And you know, sometimes if I look back, I know that he's one of those chefs who, if I'm sitting now today where I am, is because I've been working with him and he has shown me the right path. Yeah, definitely. So that was that was. How long did I stay? Three and a half, or almost four? Yeah, three and a half years uh, in the Ritz-Carlton Singapore. So first, real expatriate experience. Uh, obviously, when you think, "Oh, I'm in UK, I'm an expat." No, you're not. Uh, if, you have, yeah. if you have to travel, <laughs> the moment you start to travel more than six hours on a flight, I consider yourself an expat. Uh, if you start- okay, that works. I can see that. And and it's really, it's really, you know, working in Europe. You're still in a in an environment that you understand. But arriving in Asia and then working in Asia was just a mind-blowing experience. It was just an eye-opener, just, you know, in terms of working with people, different different way of thinking, but also the food. I mean, the food is just phenomenal. And, and we can talk about food forever with me because I'm, I'm completely crazy about that, but it was just... I I I thought I knew about Asian cuisine because I was going to a few Asian restaurants uh, back in Europe, but actually no, you don't, you don't.
0: The thing about Asian food is that it's, I think it's probably quite high up most people, most foodies' list of uh, of cuisines that they like, but it's so diverse. It is within that uh, from one country to the next, as you, I suppose, as you, as you should expect, but it's um. Yeah, I mean it, it's um, it's definitely up there with my favorite cuisine. Oh, yeah. F- yeah, and
1: it's light and it's healthy. I mean, it's oh yeah. <laughs> and we're not talking yeah. about Japan yet. Wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So my my my, my, my th- there was two two challenges uh, really when I w- when I was in Singapore, and then the first was to be in a hotel with with standard with SOP, which for me was completely Chinese. I have no clue what it is. What are you talking about? Uh, Ritz Carlton, the credo card, we are ladies and gentlemen, I was like, oh my goodness, what's this? But, you know, it, it makes sense to me. It was a word that, that touched me and that makes me feel, yeah, it's actually who I am. I'm not yeah. I'm not playing a role because I'm there. It's actually what I am doing. It's, it's why I like my, my job, why I like cooking for people. Uh, you know, and why I like the way I'm, I'm, I am, you know, with the respect that I have for for wow. the guests, for my chef, for my people. And then the second biggest challenge was the English, and it took it took me quite some time. But I I remember there was a, a clear day where I said, okay, sorry, I'm gonna use a word that I shouldn't. I say fuck it, <laughs> it's really. <laughs> you're allowed. I'm allowed, okay. Uh so I was I was doing the pre-opening of the I was a open Ritz Carlton opening trainer. So basically whenever Ritz Carlton opened they send they send true Ritz Carlton people to train the people who are opening the hotel. So I was there. That was the Ritz Carlton Jakarta. And I remember at that time he was uh his name was Herve Hamler, which was probably the Vice President, Ritz-Carlton International, or something like that. Anyway, uh, one of the big shots of the Ritz uh, a few years ago, and yep. French, very short guy, and we were in a ballroom with probably a thousand employee, uh, all Indonesian, really excited, really like, uh, you know, waiting for for the big boss to talk, and. I remember looking at him standing on the on the, on the, on the stage. he stood up sh- really short guy, probably one one six five no, not more than that, right And he raised his hand and for forty five minutes he talked with probably the strongest French accent I have ever heard in my career. <laughs> but for forty five minutes he talked the way he wanted to talk, and everybody listening without a word with the head the eyes completely open and i say if this guy can do it i can do it so now that's why when i talk i talk the way i want i probably i still do mistake i still look at some work but you know and this is how i've really this was the game change
0: for me in the english right yeah so yeah that's the well, we're, Singapore you're, story. You're not to sound condescending but you're doing damn fine so don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's okay. <laughs>
1: We can do it in French. The next one. Uh, no, no, it's
0: fine. i be happy to do that one. Yeah, and
1: then so yeah, for three and a half years. So Singapore started to travel also in Asia. Went to Japan, traveled to Thailand, traveled to Indonesia, Cambodia. So really discover Southeast Asia and Japan. Loving it. And then the GM of the Shangri-La, who uh, was one of my regular guests, his name is Adrian Odin. Uh One day he came to for me. He came to my restaurant. We had dinner. We had a chat. He said, "Oh, I'm going to Abu Dhabi. I'm going to open a, an hotel there." I said, "Oh, yeah, great, great." But really, without really thinking more of, "Okay, great, good for you." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> good and luck. then. He- Good, good luck with that. And then uh, a few weeks later, I receive an email. Oh, I'm in Abu Dhabi. will you be interested? Uh, I've got a French restaurant there. It's an opening. Why don't you join us? And then I say, well, but why is Abu Dhabi? <laughs> you know, it's. I have no idea what it was Abu Dhabi at that time. You know, it was 2006. Yeah, uh, Abu Dhabi was was nothing was not like it's now where you everybody know because there's formula one there's a lot of things happening yeah and then i said okay why not Uh, so took the challenge packed the bag my daughter during that time during those those few years in singapore i had a daughter so uh, born and raised, started to be raised in Singapore. And then we decided to move in Abu Dhabi to open Shangri-La. And this was first Middle Eastern experience. We hated it. Okay. I mean, I've, it was probably the worst time, not, not the worst time. No, I shouldn't say that because it was a lot of fun. But it was not easy coming from Singapore where everything was organized, clean, neat. Coming into a world where, inshallah, everything will come for a reason. It's going to come. No worry, things. But if it's not today, it's going to be tomorrow. But it's going to come. And then we, <laughs> we, we did it was, was not easy. And then we say with my wife, we do two years maximum. We're not going to go. We're not going to continue. I do a, a 2 years contract. I open the place. Then we go back to Asia. We yep. stayed twelve years.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know, of course, once the hotel opened, then you get busy again, and then things getting better. Yeah. But same, you know, it's a it's a brand new country. At that time, was a thirty five or thirty six years old country. So of course, not everything was perfect. Not everything was well oiled. So of course, they have to. There are things which was not working correctly. But then you realize you are in a country where things is happening: hotel opening, new concept arriving, lots of chefs, lots of celebrity coming, lots of people coming. Yeah, you know,
0: a phenomenal you, you, for that,
1: yeah. that country. Yeah, yeah, and this is what I like with UAE, Dubai, or Abu Dhabi. But even Singapore is the same. Is those it's they are country, but they are run like a business, and then. If you are in this country, you make sure that you make this country shine. And I was this philosophy that I like because, obviously, if you make this, if you are part of an organization which made this country shine, then people will talk about your country. So it's a, it's it's really a it's 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 really a business. They run that as a business uh, compared to probably our European country, which are a bit more. Running, running differently yeah uh so yeah i did i did four years uh, in Shangri-La two years as chef de cuisine two and a half years as executive sous chef and then suddenly i had a call from mr mark Patton which was at the time the vp of culinary for Atlantis and he said, which i knew from Singapore and he told me oh why don't you join us I so, said, oh, well, 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 why not? Atlantis was always wanted to see volume. So Atlantis is a
0: 1,500-room hotel. I was going to say, you wanted volume. You got volume. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. I'm, trust me. <laughs> uh, I had it.
1: And, uh, yeah, I didn't realize why I signed there. Uh, but uh, so I arrived arrive in Atlantis as executive sous chef, which was very good because I was already executive sous chef, so it was an easier transition compared to a smaller property. And I went from a 250 rooms hotel to a 1,500 room hotel, yeah, uh, 450 chefs, 22 restaurants, and an average of 15,000 meal a day. That's just
0: insane.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. So. I, I can always, and I really like this story, the first time I had to approve the order for the all-day dining. So we had two all-day dining, uh, Saffron, and the other one was Caledioscope. So I was in charge of this part of the tower the, of the hotel. Uh, so it's a three-meal restaurant, which was doing about 3,000 to 3,800 covers a day. Uh, and then <laughs> the, the moment the moment you have to approve the order, I mean, we were talking about tons of of food, and and I remember the first day I called the chef. I hey, said, "But why do you order that though? Why so much?" I said, oh, "It's normal. We were we were just you know to, just to give you volume numbers. Uh, about four thousand liters of cream per month. Uh, half a ton of break, uh, Half a ton of uh, watermelon, pineapple, and melon every day, just for breakfast. Wow. Half a ton." And I was every day coming into the operation every day, every day. So yeah, and then I I remember going and looking and uh, having a chat with Mark uh, and say, but how do I do? You know, explain me. I say, oh, you just add one or two zero in front of whatever you have done in the past, and then it's fine.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you know what?
1: Easy math. It's 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 as simple as it is. Whether you do. Ten, hundred, or thousand, we had the money to do it, but you just have to you just have to calculate difference. But the 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 result is the same. it's
0: Yeah, to, you know, no, know, It was the, actually the, the whole thing. That's where you and I met. Um, and this is exactly when we met. Yeah, yeah. and you gave me uh, a tour front and back of house, which I, I've always yeah. been really grateful for because underneath the skin of this recruiter is a is a hotel geek. And seeing behind the scenes, the logistical side of how you produce that much food, I find yeah. as fascinating as, you know, sitting down and, and enjoying the food. It was just uh, as an incredible, it's just an incredible hotel.
1: Oh, yeah, it is. It is. And, and today it is is one of the, I think, uh, um, I will not say it's the highlight of my career because wherever I've been working has been a highlight. I've been working with great people. But it has been another turning point for me with my career where I can I can handle. And 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 you know sometimes people look at me and say, oh, But how how can you be so calm? I say, well you have only two hundred cover today. I mean it's okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so so don't come to me and talk to me about that because but it's 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 the whole it's 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 really it's it's scary numbers. It's great numbers, but it's actually not, you know, not that scary. The moment you understand how to how to handle those numbers, then then it's fine. Yeah, then it's fine. So I did five years uh, in this uh, beautiful mass property, a crazy place. That was fun. That was five years of fun.
0: You were and, um,
1: how- promoted though, weren't
0: you? From, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: So I did two and a half years as exec sous and then uh, two and a half years as exec chef. And this is where after five years, I say, okay, that's 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 done, I did I did what I wanted to do. But because I wanted also to, to go back into a more normal, I would say normal operation.
0: Yeah, that's, well, that's fair because um, <laughs> it's definitely not normal.
1: No, no, no.
0: Uh, For all and- the right reasons, I should say it's um, it's just you know it's an exceptional place.
1: It is, it is, but it bring it brought me what I wanted to have, uh, and then you know looking back now, I don't regret any single moment. Even though there were moments which was which was hard, I, I really never regret any any moment. Anyway, during those all those time where I was traveling and moving here and there. Uh, Marriott and a few chefs were still trying to poach me back and say, oh, why don't you join us? And why don't you come to Marriott, which at that time was uh, not as big as it is now. But I never really found the right place or the right hotel which would fit me. And then one day, end of 2015, Uh, The corporate chef, which was looking after Asia Pacific, uh, not Asia, sorry, which was looking after Middle East and Africa. His name is Victor Stempfer, which I knew from quite some time at my time at the Ritz. Start talking to me about a project that they had from a Renaissance hotel, which is under the Marriott umbrella. But the interesting part was there was two partnerships. One was with Morimoto. And the other one was with David Meyer, which is an American chef based in uh, California. So of course, a little bit similar to what I was doing in Atlantis with the restaurant itself. But what I like is that it was an hotel which 60% of the revenue needs to come from F&B. So it was more F&B-driven hotel rather than a rooms-driven hotel. This is what I wanted to continue. What was nice in Atlantis, It was whether it was a room or F&B or park, uh, water park driven, everybody was driving the business. There was no, you know, everybody at the same level. You have some hotel, which is purely rooms driven. You have one outlet and then one only dining and one of two restaurants, but it's nothing. But this one was really a F&B driven hotel. So same thing. I said, OK, why not start talking about uh, money, of course. Uh, package was interesting. So I said, OK, let's let's do that. And then it was the perfect way for me to go back to Marriott as it was always uh, a group and uh, ob- obviously uh, with, with Ritz uh, uh, that I really have enjoyed working with, which has great value and really value that that belong to what who I am and what I'm doing on the day-to-day. So was same thing was a pre-opening so super exciting project as well because it was the first time I opened an hotel from scratch. Right. Uh, so building your team, finding the right people, the right talent from each outlet. Also working with celebrity chefs. Some some are divas, some are not. Yeah. But it's a lot of fun. <laughs>
0: Okay. Nice. Uh, that was a, a, a political way of putting it. I like that. That that will do. We'll move on. Yes. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> well, I did. I did Gordon Ramsay. I did Nobu. Uh, I did Giorgio Locatelli. So no, I've done it. So that's fine. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then yeah, same. We we opened the place. Really, really F and B driven hotel. Every restaurant got its share uh, and made an impact to Dubai market which was great. And then after 18 months or two, no, actually two years, sorry. Yeah, two years of operation, but there was a, almost a year of pre-opening because there was some delay. Yeah. Then I started to say, okay, what what's next? I mean, nothing much happening in UAE anymore at that time. The market was a little bit shaky, a little bit down. And then we had, not saying we had, we had enough of, of Middle East, of UAE, but you say, okay, why, why don't we start looking again? Obviously, Japan. We've been traveling there with my wife. We always wanted to go back, but we never really thought of we would walk there. Yeah, we are familiar. We are familiar for package nowadays are a bit more difficult. But then say, okay, let's see. And then suddenly, the corporate chef of uh, Asia Pacific, Tuan, sent my send send me the link. So the the position at the Ritz-Carlton Osaka. Is opening. Why don't you? Why don't you give a try? And then I say, "Oh wow, <laughs> Ritz Osaka." And then, funny enough, my exec chef in the Ritz in Singapore opened this property uh, in 1999. My GM in the Ritz Carlton Singapore was the GM of that property, so it was already a property that I knew.
0: Uh, yeah from the past. And, you mentioned uh, small world earlier yeah. on. Oh, yeah.
1: And this is it this is exactly what it is. It's it's it's, it's as small as as it is, you yeah. know. And yeah, we we started obviously the recruitment process. There's a few interviews that you have to go through and then uh, suddenly I say, Oh, why don't you fly for food tasting Because we still do food we still do food testing and I still can cook. You know you yeah. can <laughs> sometimes, people, sometimes people think oh but you're in your office you don't cook anymore I say oh trust me I still this is like bicycle you never forget yeah and uh yeah went there for testing, starting a good chat with the gm uh, mark neukom and then meet, met the owner rep a very good time uh, with him good connection and then the contract arrived and then september 4th we started we move everything from uae so 12 years of of growth and development uh and a second child at that time or at that time now he's now he's 10 so he's not anymore yeah uh, but, but yeah we just move yeah september september last year and here we are and uh that's my career yeah <laughs> you sure in a short, uh, in a sh- that's the short version. I can do the longest one, but yeah. this time we need, time we'll that, need a, we'll need a beer, not a coffee.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So you've done, you've now worked Europe, Asia, and Middle East. Mid- I yes. Is there a is there a favoured destination amongst there? I mean, do you feel like you've now come to where you were always supposed to, to go?
1: I know that I will retire in Europe because this is where my roots are yeah. and uh, I still love Switzerland I still like the country I love Middle East we we, we have you know a good part of my career is Middle East uh, our our very close friends are in Middle East but Asia Asia is still is still outstanding I mean yeah it's it's, it's it's just crazy how things are happening it's completely different than middle east you can't compare because it's much more settled but the way things are moving uh you know we, we we've been talking we all know what's going on nowadays with the with the virus and what's going on around the world but if i look yeah. at japan it's a country and everybody is saying i don't know enough but what i heard from everybody who was who are in japan for long I uh, say it's a country who's gonna wake up very quickly and it's gonna go back into business because they've been through those kind of crises and those kind of natural disaster or disaster in the past already. It's a 120 million country, yeah. Uh, and people consume locally; they don't really travel, but they consume locally. They go out. You know, we we've been closed for for about six weeks now, and then we have announced that we we will reopen the outlet. On the first day, we already have 40 books
0: in the restaurant. Great. Right. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, it's, yeah, let's go. And back. You haven't, uh, haven't even really kind of pushed it yet, I guess. Either. No, exactly. We,
1: you, you haven't turned on the social media yet. You haven't, you have just call a few of your regular and say oh we are we open they call their friends say, okay let's go and this is what i like is that you know i'm i'm, I'm actually very positive because i can see that the they, it's gonna it's not gonna be easy of course like everybody i think we
0: yeah we're
1: gonna go through a, a very uh, strange time but i'm i'm actually very happy to be in in, in japan currently if i compare to middle east obviously because It's a more expat world. There's there's definitely less people who can consume. Uh, There's less tourists, but here we don't really need tourists. Uh, Yeah,
0: I remember um, when we reconnected, uh, when I asked you to to come on this uh, show, you did say something along the lines of that it it must be every chef's dream to to work in Japan. Yes. Because, well, you've got such, well, it's just a wonderful cuisine.
1: Yeah, it's the it's the cuisine but it's also it's also and it is something that I didn't realise before and I really now realize because I'm I'm briefing and living in the country is the respect that people has for the product and for the season. And you don't need to have twenty five type of fruit on your buffet. You just need to have the seasonal fruit. Yeah. You don't need to have this fish the now no, you don't have it because it's not in season and nobody will complain about that. And the respect that for a chef for me for me it's great because and that makes uh not, not our life much easier, but you you basically work with the nature. You work with what's now available in the market and that's it. And you're not going to have people complaining because you don't have it. It's part of the DNA. And this is what I really like. Yeah. And yes, of course, the food itself is just stunning. And then every day you discover something new. You know, you go to a 7-Eleven to eat a nigiri, which is a rice bowl with, with seaweed around. Just that is good. But it's from a supermarket, you know. Yeah. And that this is why it's crazy is that you know sometimes as simple as it is, it's 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 good. It's good. Yeah. They don't cheat basically. No. They don't cheat with what they put. So that that's what I really really like.
0: And Osaka is is the third largest city in Japan. Is that right?
1: That's a very good question. I would say the second
0: one. Okay. Uh, Tokyo probably is. Osaka is the second one. Considered to be the food capital, I think if uh, if i've read that correctly it is indeed it is and
1: then we we actually so the hotel is in osaka but i'm living in kyoto which is about half an hour uh, train uh, ride because the school of my kids are, is in kyoto okay and then kyoto is the uh ancestor, you know the the whole not the whole yeah actually is the whole capital of japan before they move to to tokyo but it's also the most touristic one There's, i think 2000 temple it's a it's a stunning place right it's a very historical place it's nice
0: yeah am i right in saying that you were involved in a a cookbook yeah that's correct asian tapas
1: asian tapas yes that was uh, in singapore yeah that was one of those fun projects that you you thought oh why are we crazy of doing that Uh so that was the time where I was with uh Ritz in Singapore, Ritz Carlton, millennia. And then always remember one day Christoph Mejel, the exec chef, came to me and said, Oh, we're gonna do a book. I said, Oh yeah, great. But we only have six weeks or eight weeks, something you know, some stupid time timeline. So it's, oh, it's impossible. Right, well, eight weeks later the book was ready. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so basically, ba- it basically was taking recipe traditional asian recipe but to be a bit put them in a modern way more in the more yeah tapas type basically but bite size some were easy like satay like dim sum somewhere a bit more complicated but it was extremely fun it was extremely fun but same yeah it was a very very intense eight weeks because we started from zero and then we had two weeks to do to pre-select the dishes. So we, we I think we put like 150 dishes uh, on a piece of paper. Then we had to do the picture of those dishes presented to the designer of the book. Then we selected the one which would make more sense. And then those recipes had to be uh, the, the, the the trick of that is that all these recipes can be done at home. So yeah, They gave me, so I was locked, not locked in the kitchen, but I, I had a, a small area for me with a hand blender, a small stove, a small oven. So nothing that, basically whatever you could have in a home uh, cooking app- appliance. So nothing that you have in a hotel and the opposite. So a bit challenging, I have to say. I, that's, I think, when I had my first gray hair. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> At that time, uh, but but yeah, I think uh, after two weeks we did all the picture, and then after that we had to do the picture with the photographer, so it took us another two three weeks, two two weeks as well, and then the book was finished and published in August two thousand four, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah,
0: but fun, yeah, fun. Fun. Yeah, well, even the, the title of the book has me uh, dribbling a little bit. Asian Tapas. I mean, that's two things that strike me as they go well together.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, and it, what, what's funny is that sometime, uh, I, and, and the last time that happened to me was when I arrived in, in, in Ritz here in Osaka. So I entered the chef office and there were there were a few cookbooks on the on the shelf and one of it was Asian tapas. So I was like, Oh hey. you know that
0: there's my picture. Oh, no, 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 it's not possible. Say yeah,
1: look at it. Oh.
0: <laughs> I was very young. That's brilliant. Very good. I was also when I was doing my research on you, or as it's been called recently, stalking. I think you're you're a big believer in, in making the kitchen feel like a home from home for the the people that that work there obviously that they're there to work and they they get on with it but you, you your leadership style is such that you kind of want to make people feel like they belong there
1: yes yes and this is remember i talk about christophe moret
0: uh, at spoon yeah and this is exactly
1: and, and it's perfectly well uh, resume is yes uh, i am a strong believer that my my role as a, as an exec chef is more a coach role and is no is more as of developing people and bringing them the way they want to you know what they want to achieve and I've put that into practice a lot obviously in Atlantis but also in my last property where I say I, I've selected the best chef I could but I wanted them to. I wanted them to develop themselves, and I wanted them to to bring things on the plate, not me telling them what to do. And this is the key: if you want if you want a team to perform, is you don't you don't want somebody on your shoulder, everything else. Oh, do this, do let do you should do this way. Of course, I'm I'm giving advice. Of course, I'm 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 showing them the path and showing them the way. But I want people to do them themselves, and uh, by themselves i want people to learn by themselves i think it's important you don't you you, you don't want to be babysit I've, i'm i'm i have enough time at home to babysit to babysit.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it's it's always sometimes i feel that i let them do too much but i also maybe sometimes i regret because they they made a mistake or they failed, but it's, it's my fault. And I took it on my, you know, if, if somebody did something not correct, sometimes, you know, could backfire back to me. Could It could backfire to me. However, yeah. the guy understood. And yes, I, I, took, I took for myself that it's my decision that I let him do this thing. But I really, really want people to, to win and fail because that's how you learn. That's how you grow. Yeah, And also one of the reasons why I'm doing that is because I don't want to be doing everything and I don't want to be, you know, jumping on every possibility. I've got my agenda. I've got what I know exactly what I have to do. I know how I, I want to bring the team somewhere, but I don't want to jump on, oh, let me do that for you. Let me do your Christmas menu. No, no, do your Christmas menu. Yeah. Of course, I can, as I said, I can help. But I want, I, I, you know, I want everybody to do what they have to do. You know, a chef the cuisine, a chef the cuisine. I'm not the one who has to write his menu. Yeah, I've, of course I will try his menu. I will ad, uh, approve every single dish. Anything which goes out has to be tested by myself or the chef uh, chef office, basically. But I want the chef to be in charge. And you can feel in a restaurant if if. Especially in a hotel restaurant, of course, in a restaurant itself or standalone is a bit different. But you can feel if the chef has the freedom and and because he can put his passion, he can put his expression on the plate. Uh, but yeah, I'm a strong believer in that. And then and then you know, spending pretty much sometimes more time at work than at home, so it needs to be it needs to be fun. It needs to be pleasant to come to work. I hate places where you, you have, the you know, a, 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 a negative, a, a negative ambience, it's not fun. You know, it, it, it needs yeah. to be, it, it, you know, uh, hospitality is about people, is about enjoying life. It's not about, uh, it's not about shouting and, and negativity. Yeah, of course, we have pressure. Yes, of course, standard high, but we need to enjoy what we are doing.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> How does it work when you're overseeing? I suppose outlets that other celebrity chefs are responsible for, or certainly their name is on on the door. So going back to Atlantis, mm-hmm. I think when I met you, you did have Gordon Ramsay there. I think Nobu was there, yeah, and Locatelli. So
1: it's 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 extremely it's extremely interesting because you can see the one which know how to deal with other, you know outlet uh, in different parts of the world and and other which are stubborn and say no we need to do the same way as i'm doing in my restaurant here yeah it's a win-win situation and this is as simple as it is whether you have in front of you gordon ramsay nobu or whoever name is it it's a win-win situation his success is my success and vice versa yeah so We are the operator. We know what's happening on the ground. We know what the market is. And then the market in Dubai would be completely different than in London, in Singapore, in Shanghai, in Beijing, wherever. Every market is different. And then the moment you have, of course, it it takes time. It's a gain of trust. It's, you know, it's a a long process. But the moment you have this win-win situation, this is why... You know, both are successful and it works. Yeah. And then more, if you don't have that, it's it's gonna fail. I'm a, I'm hundred percent sure that it, it's a it's a it's a fail because you you they need to trust us as an operator. And it's the same it's the same with hotel of, of, you know hotel which are owned or hotel which are under ownership or independent. It's you need to trust your operator because we know the market. Yeah but it's fun it's fun and it's fun to sit down with with those celebrity and then and you know uh, a chef white will be always a chef white we are you know we have small world we are we understand each other we have fun we have moments which are a bit more tough but at the end of the day it's a, it's a fun world it's a fun world
0: excellent yeah no I, I once <sighs> again I couldn't agree more and I think especially in a situation like that you need to collaborate yes. rather than get any colors way.
1: Yeah it's a it's a collaboration. It's a collaboration. And, a, and you know if you if you look at Atlantis the best example are, are Locatelli and Nobu. They are there since the opening and then the collaboration continue. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What um what do you like to cook at
1: home? I like to go to the restaurant. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh any anything which is simple. I don't I don't have really preference. Uh, I like to open the fridge and uh, open a bottle of wine if I have to, if I can, and start cooking whatever it is. It's always simple food. I don't, I don't fancy going into a five-course degustation dinner. I'm, I'm extremely happy with a roast chicken. I'm delighted with a green salad. I'm, you know, there's sometimes it's as you know, something very simple, but. I spend enough time sometimes in in my in the hotel or in the restaurant that I need a quick and uh, easy, easy meal uh, from time yeah. to time. but yeah, simple simple food. whether it was you know in Dubai or it's here, we always try to get good product. Uh, I like to know uh, what I'm buying. I'm, I, mean, I have no problem to pay a little bit more if I have to, but I like to know what I'm buying, and I think that's the most important.
0: Yeah. rather
1: than you know going to sophisticated meal. But really, uh, yeah, buying the right product, and then for my kids is the same. Obviously, my wife being a chef as well, they've been eating quite quite well. I can imagine. Um, yeah. like, <laughs> and the problem is now, if you if you go with uh, with something different, or maybe sometimes you don't really have time to cook. So, oh, well, this is not good today, Papa. <laughs> <laughs> But that's fun. That's fun. Yeah.
0: Great. So if you were to give a piece of advice to somebody who was considering becoming a, a chef, what would you, you say to them?
1: Enjoy the ride. <laughs> <Very> good. Good. <laughs> Listen, I think and but this is this is probably a generation issue and I hate to say that because that sounds like I'm a old man. But take your time. I think what's what what I can see now, people are doing eight, nine, twelve months, maybe fifteen months into a place, and then they move on. And if you really want to understand the DNA of a restaurant, if you really want to understand what's going on, it's not in in eighteen months that you will understand. It's impossible.
0: You yeah. Know? It, it 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 takes time. I think that's a, a massively important message. Yes, it's the learn to to walk before you can run exactly. kind of philosophy. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's too many people who are keen to become an executive chef, but they they don't realise that if you don't take your time yeah. to get there, that you're setting yourself up to fail.
1: You completely, completely. And I've been I've been really spending, you know. To a more, you know, to a, to to a deep understanding of each of the position that I wanted to, especially the moment I went. Obviously, maybe from from commie to chef de party maybe it's a little bit faster. However, it's same thing. You 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 need you need as a chef, you you need that in your blood. You need to understand what's what's the job, what's the, what it require, but. The time, the moment I, I started to grow into into a more uh, not saying office world, but a more uh, leadership world. This is where I really wanted to understand. And then you know, I've been now I've been five, six, seven, seven or eight years executive chef. Yeah. In some of the stunning properties, super busy, but I still learn. I'm still learning today. Yeah. Yes. Sometimes I feel that like, oh, it's a bit easier which is good because I have more time for me. But I'm still learning, especially now because I'm in Japan. So I've got a brand new culture to learn. But it's important to take time. It's important. And as you mentioned, nowadays, and this is this is really, I hate to say again, but this is more a generation or a conflict. Like we want things fast, quick, quick, quick. But no, take your time. Take your time. It's going to come. It's going to come one day. And then the moment you have, you know, I, I mentioned that at the beginning, but at the end of the day, you as a person, you are a product. And then whenever you move to a place, of course, you sell yourself, right? You, And then, of course, you want to have a good salary. So, of course, better is your knowledge. Better is your, will be your salary. Better you can, you can debate on how much you can get. Yeah. And this, it's not on a piece of paper, it's what you can bring to people. And then, yeah, of course, sometimes you can see a CV where somebody has worked in 20 uh, restaurants in five years, best restaurant here, best restaurant. I will never hire somebody like that, never, because he has not understand. I, I would rather some, have, I hire somebody who has done 10 years in the same place, but he has grown himself rather than somebody who has worked with 20 different chefs in a short period of time. because. Right. They, they will yeah. not. They will not bring me anything, basically. And then, is somebody which is not gonna be loyal? He's not somebody. Somebody. I'm not saying he should stay also five six years, but you want if you if you hire somebody, you invest time on him. You want somebody. You want this guy to. You want him to be developed, and then to see him growing. But you want him to be also a little bit
0: of time with you. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Great stuff. Well. Look, I'm going to wrap it up because I've taken up enough of your time. Yeah. But I feel like I could have sat here and chatted to you all day, to be honest. No problem. <laughs> um, or all night, in your case. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I really appreciate your time. And I, and thank you for, for sharing your story with us today. Yeah. And yeah, take care and we'll, we'll speak soon. Thanks a lot, Phil. It was a pleasure and it
1: was a great fun. And whoever is listening and wants to... Uh, enjoy a great event in Ritz-Carlton Osaka or meet me in Ritz-Carlton Osaka please
0: feel free Fantastic, I'll be right over
1: Yeah, I can't <laughs> wait you can place yeah. your order for food if you want <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> very good Take care Thank you Phil, thanks
0: Yes. Bye bye Bye. And there we have it, an amazing story there from Jill, demonstrating that it really does take time to get true learning under your belt but if you persevere, your rewards will be amazing Don't forget, we launch a brand new episode each week, so hit that subscribe button and give us a like and a follow across your favourite social channels. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.